cut out the comparing. Biggest tip of the day, do not compare who's got it worse and who's got it better. Work as a team, make it a team effort. Welcome to the Beers with a Minor podcast, episode number 23. This week is a happy hour episode. Welcome back, Kirsty O'Callaghan, author of a fantastic book, Separated by Work, the essential handbook that helps every family to survive and thrive when separated by work. Kirsty is also a FIFO wife, mum, business owner, executive consultant, life coach, blogger, public speaker, trainer and assessor, and of course, an author. This is part two of our interview. I really do suggest that you head back to listen to that episode first if you haven't already heard it. You can find that at madmumsy.com forward slash beers 16. That's the number 16. I listened to this again this morning and we covered so much about FIFO life and families, Kirsty's journey and even public speaking and what it was like the first time she went on stage. That's why we had to break it up into two episodes. It's been a couple of months since then and I'm glad we have finally managed to catch up. Welcome back to the Beers with a Minor podcast, Kirsty, my first return guest. Wow, I'm very, very honoured to be here. We've been both been very busy. Yes, and I know you've been doing a lot of public speaking and all sorts of things. Oh no, I'm, I won't be home this week. I'm he- travelling here, there, and everywhere. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had quite a bit on, so the book's going really well. Also, with the work I've been doing in the FIFO community as well as the Lions community and mentoring uh, women in business, I also was up for an award for a businesswoman of merit in our community so in Brisbane. So that was that was really exciting times as well. Was there a big gala event? Yeah, it was yeah, lovely. You got to frock so up got a little bit. Then cocktail parties and all sorts of things. It was very nice. I had to go and buy some new dresses and shoes. Oh, terrible. No, the life <laughs> no. of a FIFO wife. Oh, dear. Well, congratulations on that. We just had a little bit of a chat and I said, well, I'm having a beer. Are you having a wine today? Because we discovered in the first episode that white wine was your favourite beverage and you were having a cup of tea. Yeah, and I'm having a cup of tea because the celebrations over the last month went on a bit too long and I think my body (laughs) is thanking me for staying off the wine for a while. It gets like that sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm heading over to my mum's after our interview for prawns and salad for tea and there'll be a couple of wines involved with that. And then tomorrow I head out for a week of night shifts with zero alcohol. So yeah. this yeah. is my last my last day of any beer, <laughs> for a week anyway. Yeah. Prawn and beer. But sometimes we have to listen to our bodies, don't we? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, to keep up with everything we need to. Would you like to just quickly explain, in case someone hasn't, listened they haven't done their homework and listened to the first episode just quickly explain the shortened version why you wrote the book and what we covered in the first part perhaps just a quick outline and then we'll move on to the second part sure yeah well a couple of years ago uh it was a labor of love for 18 months to write my book and a couple of years ago I was speaking to my husband's boss when he came over there both they both have motorbikes and and he'd brought over his new toys so the boys could go and play and um, my husband was out riding his new motorbike and his boss was saying to me, knowing that resilience was one of the key areas I spoke and consulted on in my business, said, you should write a book for FIFO. Uh, they really need um, something about resilience and relationships out there and in the families. And it was amazing. It just, when the idea hit me, I just knew it was right to go ahead with. And so I started writing. And so this book ended up covering six areas. So there's six parts and they include uh, about FIFO and the journey and some quick tips and check sheets to start with. And then all about self-care. So that's resilience and your mental and emotional and physical health and, and even organizing your environment and then the care of others so that's other people friends family your relationships and then the children what to what you least expect because a lot of people don't realize there's going to be a lot of big and little things and unexpected things that you're going to have to deal with and then um, it talks about the new normal and how to go ahead and be a successful FIFO family and I got because I don't uh, wasn't an expert on everything that I wrote about I also got 
experts in their field to come in and they contributed as well. So it ended up being a 280-page labour of love that was <laughs> launched in March and has been so well received by the community. I'm so excited and so much support out there from professionals, organisations, as well as individuals and, and women ringing me saying, uh, I just couldn't stop crying. You really understood where I was at. And, and yeah, so I'm really, really happy with that. And you should be. You should be very proud of your baby. I got her sitting right baby. next to me. Yeah, it's quite well worn actually. When you when you read a book in a truck, yeah. it always I'll show you. It always ends oh, up look, it's well loved. Black black pages yeah. because it's just dirty. Well worn and well loved. It's not everybody uh, needs to know about everything but if you're having problems with your children what section can you open up to which if you're having problems in your relationship or you want to get your health back on track what section do you open up to and it is part memoir part workbook uh, I've interviewed uh, quite a few people in and in the industry so yeah it's not just by me there's so many people that contribute to this and I'm so very proud of them all there's some great advice in there and don't underestimate yourself. You're one of my resident experts. <laughs> so the next section really that we were up to, it was certainly an attention getter, I believe. Yeah. So let's start there with the, the chapter called 50 Shades of Away. How good is that? Love it. I know. I was, uh, it was funny how that came back. I was actually having a wine with one of my closest friends and I Not said uh, and I said I, I'm, I'm writing about relationships at the moment but I can't get a grip on what to call it and she said what about 50 shades of away and I went oh my god that is <laughs> I said I'm stealing that she said you could have it so uh, it just fit it just fit because you know 50 shades of gray yeah there, there's some differences there about their relationship that some people didn't get whereas 50 shades of away there's certainly some parts of um our relationship that people don't get when we have a partner that works away so yeah that's right so what sort of uh help and advice do you have for the relationship side of things and you had another expert in on that as well uh, no the relationships one i wrote about uh, oh, okay. That, yeah, relationships, resilience and results are my key areas that I work in. And I, yeah, I got very excited about this because I wanted people to know, um, not necessarily from a um, intimate point of view, but to keep a relationship close and connected and to keep that friendship and that love in your relationship, how do we go about it? I also wanted to include in there some comments and helpful tips about friends and family as well because they can have a huge impact about how the person that's either on site or even the person at home feels about the other partner, you know, depending on where they're coming from with their thoughts on what you're doing. So I wrote it from those different aspects and also interviewed different couples and got their point of view. And what was really interesting and quite consistent is that every couple was different. So depending on their mm. age, depending on where they'd come from, depending on uh, where they were at in their relationship, whether they had children or not, how supportive their family was, whether they were around family or they moved away from family, everybody was really different. But one common theme through everything was if they were having issues, like really big issues, it wasn't because of FIFO. It was the fact that it was already there. And FIFO mm. really puts the magnifying glass on those. It really lights them up. So it's it's not I I personally don't think that FIFO creates the issues in relationships. As long as you've got this the you need relationship skills to make a relationship work, whether you're away or not. And I provide some of those in the book and we'll talk about those in a minute. But if you are lacking confidence, if you're insecure, if you don't communicate properly, uh, if you really do rely a lot on your family and all of a sudden you move away from them, FIFO won't create that problem, it will magnify it. That's definitely something I picked up from our first interview mm -hmm. back in episode 16 was because you corrected me on a lot of things. Oh, I'll reframe that then, <laughs> which was quite interesting because, like, you know, I thought, oh, I had my thoughts on it, but it was really refreshing to have a different spin on a few things and uh, that was one of them, mm. definitely. Yeah. So what sort of skills do you think help 
so that the magnification doesn't well, remembering, you know, start the fire on the page. Yeah, remembering that it, it's about sitting down with your partner and discussing what your individual needs are. So, for example, to begin with, my husband and I, and I had a baby at the time because we've been doing this for quite some time and my youngest is nine and my oldest is 21 now. And uh, so at the time I had two preteens and a baby. So when he first went away, I certainly needed to debrief with him and we were away from family every every day. Uh, and as the years went on and FIFO becomes your new normal, we didn't have to speak every day. And now we probably speak at length three times a week and if there's anything in between, we'll have a quick chat or text or things like that. Some people really feel they need to have that morning text, good morning, how you going, thinking of you, and other and, and end the day before they go to bed with that as well, as well as have a chat in between. I actually would find that like another job for me personally. That would be way too much to put on my plate. <laughs> I get up at the beginning of the day and I'm ready to Roxy Rolls. I'm off doing my chores and got my list ready in my head. And, um, yeah, to add those other things to it would be too much for my routine. And, you know, so we know when we're going to talk. For other people, it's exactly what they need. So it's really sitting down and discussing yeah. what are our needs and how can we both meet them and stay connected. The other thing is to remember, and, and I speak about oxytocin in the book, and this is really Really important that uh, oxytocin is the trust and bonding hormone and it's also the love hormone so one of the things that when you're apart is that quite often unless it's children and if you've got teenagers it definitely won't be them you're not getting anybody touching you <laughs> They won't be, they'll be slamming the door going in the bedroom. And if you're not a hugger like me, that means zero touch. (laughs) So so, uh, that makes it very, very hard on the person left at home and the person that is away as well because that touch isn't happening. So that oxytocin isn't being set off in your system. And quite often that is where the strain's coming in and the stress is coming in. And once you identify that, you can work out what to do with that or you can remind yourself that when you're feeling a bit flat and you're really, really missing them, it could be the touch that you miss the most. I remember one of the things when my husband first started working away that I missed the most was as we would walk into a shop, he'd put his hand on my lower back uh, you know, and, and just little things like that. I really missed that and I hadn't noticed he'd done it till he was not doing it. Because so, <laughs> he wasn't there. Yeah, because he just- wasn't there. Touching back on oxytocin, that's such a great word, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oxytocin. I'm the sort of person that needs that little text mm. before bed yep. and in the morning. Morning. Yeah. And sometimes myself and my partner, the real minor, yeah. that's it, different shifts and rosters. But he knows now, I've trained him, <laughs> that I just need – Sometimes it doesn't happen and it's not the end of the world, close to it, but not the end of the world. But just those three, I send him three little kisses. He sends back three little hugs. Yeah. Or he'll send me three little hugs. That means he's thinking about me, he's got to go to sleep now. Yeah. Occasionally back when I started training him and he... he when I started he training him. Sitting down and having that discussion yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. Oh, you know, this is all I need. It's not that hard. Yeah. You know, I don't want to text every four days. Yeah. I need I need more than that. And I was just, my question, I guess, is can that meet the oxytocin level if you can't have an actual hug mm. but you get a little text with a love heart on it or something? It's kind of like a little virtual hug. Yeah. Well, I, I can't answer that 100%. Only You're not a scientist. Say, <laughs> uh, what are you doing on my show? I need to say that oxytocin, when it's set off, reduces stress. So anything that allows you to feel closer to your partner or a person that reduces that stress response would be oxytocin or something very similar, I would say. So mm. it's all about those hormones that reduce stress, you know, and feeling that you are connected in some way. The, the touch, the trust and bonding, the love hormone definitely is all about that trust, feeling grateful, feeling connected. Definitely. And that's as we learned in our episode with Jody, mm. Jody Davis, life coach and coal miner, episode 13. Yep. Jody said that 
the need to feel connected is one of our six human needs. Yes. Yeah. So with the if sense your of only connection is that's right. Mm. If one of your main connections is out of the mind, mm. or you're the one out of the mind, away from everyone, yeah. you need to find the way to feel connected. Yeah. So that's exactly yeah, sitting right. down and working out you as a couple what what you want, mm. and it can change and evolve as well. That's it. Like and that's really, what you don't to have us. to message me on my birthday yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Let's hope. Do not. not ever not message me or ring me <laughs> on my birthday. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Yeah, so so it's, but the most important thing, like you say, is working these things out honestly with each other. And sometimes it's okay to say, I don't know what is going to work because we are romanticised by what's on TV, what our family experiences may be, what other people have done wrong. So we think that that's the way to do things or not to do things. So sometimes we can start a FIFO journey or even continue a FIFO journey going, I actually don't know what's going to work, so can we work on this together? Can we be strong enough to work out whether we need to be contacting each other all the time, what our routine is going to be when we get home? If it doesn't work, can we be honest enough about it and move on to the next solution? Mm, Because things will change and as kids grow, it changes even more. You know, the needs of a mum of three kids under five is going to be very different to the needs of a mum and dad whose kids have left home. That's right. I I just, before we move on, one of the biggest traps that happens, and I talk a a little bit at length about this in the book, is the comparing trap. And I certainly Mm. was in it when we first started, and it's very, very toxic to any um, anyone that's separated by work and that's comparing who's got the most on who's earning the most money who's contributing more who's making the most phone calls who's the most needy who's not who's working the most hours who's getting their dinner cooked for them and who's not and, (laughs) and all those sort of things so be very very aware of the comparing trap because there is no comparison I can't compare working in the heat that my husband works in and basically living for six weeks in a little tin shack and he might have great facilities and whatnot but he's still out there in the middle of nowhere without his family. I can't compare that to some of the good or bad days that I've gone through here with three kids running a business and all the other bits and pieces that come with that and one of my children has a mental illness. So to even begin to have the comparing game would be fraught with danger. But as Mm. human beings, we tend to want to do that, to defend ourselves, to put our hand up and go, I'm really important. So the trick to overcome that is to admit that things are different, accept that it's different for each other, just listen to each other, but also understand that we all have different responsibilities and different strengths. So we just get on with the day that we're responsible for and meet in the middle at the end. Mm. So by comparing, you don't mean comparing yourself to the Joneses no you mean with each who's other got it tougher who's, who's got, got yeah I'm working out at work you're just at home yeah. with the kids every day that's, that's nothing or vice versa yeah. I see with you yeah and or yeah. like you know uh, I'm flying and I'm in the Qantas club right now and and you know my husband's in the Qantas club right now and I might have to be having to deal with trying to get three kids out the door and plan the day and get work done and and one of them's sick and all the rest of it. Yeah. And it, it, You've got it so easy. Yeah, and it causes so much stress, so much stress. Mm. So, yeah, cut out the comparing. Biggest tip of the day, do not compare who's got it worse and who's got it better. Work as a team. Make it a team effort. Team effort, that's, that's gold right there. Mm. So when it comes to kids... Mm parenting Uh uh-huh this could take three days (laughs) well there's four chapters in the book (laughs) (laughs) right go (laughs) yeah I thought I thought it was really the reason there's four chapters is there's a chapter on FIFO parenting challenges and and we we know the challenges are there uh one parent's away however I must say that when my husband wasn't doing FIFO he was leaving to go to work at five o'clock in the morning because he worked in the city and getting home anywhere between six and seven at night I actually can't tell you other than having our weekends together what was tougher you know, when you have young children. Um, but yet there are those challenges with FIFO parenting. The one parent at home doesn't may not get a break 
except for friends and family. And even then, that's not unconditional because they're not the parents of the child. And the person that's away really, really misses their children, is missing out on milestones, and and that's just heartbreaking. So it's about finding the balance in there. I also felt because I had a child that had a mental illness and I had come across many of my clients actually had children with ASD, special needs, that were FIFO families. I thought it was really important to have uh, some chapters in there about being able to deal with those children as well and not just the ones that were diagnosed but the ones that might be having a difficult year, uh, might be a little bit more difficult behaviourally. So to cover certain aspects of those so that the parents could feel understood and have firm strategies around that. What a great way to look at it. The special needs section, I thought, is good to cover. Like you say, children change Mm. and they're growing and they're going through new things and then as their parents Mm. and carers, we have to deal with that. So as they get older, as they change schools or a new person might come into their circle that, you know, I'm not friends with my bestie anymore, like three's a crowd. That was always an issue when I was growing up, I remember. Best friends forever, this week, not next week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're besties again, the other one's on the outer, you know. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also tough for parents because parent guilt is never far away from any parent. However, I found that it is almost a disease with FIFO parents. The guilt, am I doing the right thing? Are we doing the right thing? Um, I'm really frustrated and angry and emotionally exhausted right now, so I've just yelled at my child and um, the parent that's away, I'm not there enough. Am I the reason that they may be finding it tough right now? And there's no need to have any guilt. You know, guilt's just an, an emotional indicator that something could be done differently. It doesn't mean that it may mean that FIFO isn't going to work for your family, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. It's just how can we be reframing this and handling it differently? What can we be doing that's going to suit our lifestyle more than trying to do it how we used to do it when we weren't separated by work? That's right. And a lot of the times you're going through it for the first time anyway. Mm. You know, I I remember when my daughter was 11, it's a well-known story in my family I got a a letter home from the school teacher we all did the whole class Mm. love your 11 year old for they will only be 11 once yeah and I was ready to pack her off to boarding school or something (laughs) I'm like I don't want to do this anymore I don't don't want to play this mummy game you know (laughs) I had another daughter four years younger she was all right (laughs) but I've always remembered that love your 11 year old because they'll only be 11 once and then they're 13 and then they're 15 and then they're you know 28 yeah that's right (laughs) yeah but what I mean is that that will come no matter FIFO or not Mm. you still have to have those issues and if you as a couple can talk them over Mm. how are we going to all get through this as a family yep that that's awesome to be able to do that whether you're FIFO family or not, just whatever your circumstances are. That's exactly right. And and it's like with your relationship, what works today might not work tomorrow, but also mm. discussing how can we make this work and how can we have each other's back either when um, the person that's away comes home or the one that is at home, how can we have each other's back and also hear what our child needs and make deals around that because quite often children are acting out because they don't feel heard and that's why I also included I interviewed I think it was 11 or 15 children about how they felt and they were aged from I think the youngest one was seven right through to um, well the oldest one was 38 but her dad worked away when she was younger and to get the different perspectives and it brings a tear to your eye some of their stories. Oh, I'm, the, I'm sorry, I'll interrupt. I'm smiling and tear to my eye as well, reflecting on those stories. Yeah. They were they were priceless. They yeah, were, but yeah, a lot of us don't, don't stop and think to ask them, but also just to accept where they're at, because that's all sometimes they need is just to be heard, and mm. it it's just the way they're feeling. And and I often say to my kids, I say. 
we're doing this for a reason and we've discussed with them, you know, why we're doing it and it's the work style that we have and everything comes with sacrifices, but how do you think we could keep in touch more? How do you think this could be done better? And the minute they're heard and the minute we just respect where they're coming from, it's amazing that the stress is gone. They're Mm. allowed to feel like that. And they're also allowed to feel really great when we can do really super cool things because of the work choice we've chosen. Yeah, and when dad is home for yeah three weeks because he just was away for three weeks. That's exactly right. So there's there's it's teaching them that everything in life comes with the up and the down. Everything is mm-hmm. always in balance, and this is just our up and our down. And that children also see it in a particular way. And I encourage parents to ask their kids, "How are you seeing it? How are you feeling about it? What would you like to be different if we could change anything?" Because most of their playing out is when they don't feel heard or they're confused. Mm. And they're great questions to ask once again, mm. even if you're not doing a FIFO life. Yeah. Just life in general. 100%. You know, sit down. How often as a parent do we sit down and ask them what they would like? Yeah. You know, they'd want more money. <laughs> yeah. Let me go, or, you know, I want to go to the skate park every day and come home when I feel like it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, and then you still have to have them, but we've got to keep you safe. And yeah. yeah, it's all about balance. Can you tell how old my grandson is? Yeah. Might be nearly 15. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But it's having that, that communication because kids will, will be good and have up and down days and, and be naughty and parents are good and have up and down days and sometimes we're naughty. But it's being able to express yourself no matter where you're at. And I think that if you allow a child to express themselves emotionally, when we express ourselves emotionally, it's not a bad thing. We can say to the kids, look, Dad just flew out today and I'm really not feeling 100%. I'm feeling a bit drained. I'm feeling a bit sad. Let's just watch a movie today. And they're more, ha- they're more than happy to assist us through that. And then they can own their own feelings as well. So it just it just offsets all these issues that could happen. As you mentioned earlier, that you have a child with, did you say a mental? Yeah, he's got he's got a mental illness. So he's got a mental py- illness. Yeah, pyrrole disorder, which is um, it, it's all it raises his anxiety. It's a genetically determined chemical imbalance. Which he's wow. got. So, yeah, yeah. basically, uh, he has poor stress control and he gets anxiety and mood swings. Um, as he's got older, it, it hasn't really gone away. There's, there's nutritional aspects that can help him to be calmer, but as a teenager, I don't think teenagers care too much for nutrition. No, unless it's got the big M in front of it. Yeah, and proper nutritional uh, aspects, no matter how well they were brought up. And, um, you know, so that that throws things. And so we've managed that and helped him manage it um, through the years. But it has been difficult because that's put the added pressure on our family and for me to have to deal with that sometimes by myself. And um, for when Paddy's rung and he's away and he feels quite useless because there's nothing he can do if I'm really upset or to be that buffer. And quite often um, you can't talk to them over the phone because when he does, it could make the situation worse because you aren't there to see the reaction or the body language or to know that they've switched off. Yeah, that's right. And I guess... With your clients and with your interviews and with your experts, did you come across many other people who have the same sort of challenges yeah. with um, kids with special needs? Yeah, you'd, you'd really need a support uh, network around you, wouldn't you? Yeah, and it really is about building that village around your child. So getting the teachers on board because ac- this is another thing with learning behaviours and learning difficulties, getting those teachers on board, not thinking it's just because of FIFO, but we are a FIFO family. So how can we help our child to be learning better, to more easier for learning strategies? What can we Mm. be doing around that instead of just thinking it's because mum or dad is working away? Sometimes it is. But then let's make, work out whether that's it or are there other things we can be doing. Is mum just really stressed and, and not found the routine that works for her? So that's why the child is also stressed or not in a really good um, 
really good habit of behavior around homework and things like that is mum chasing mm-hmm. around two little children and not able to follow through with homework routines. So it's looking at what is actually happening, taking a full overview, talking to your team, you know, so that could be family, that could be teachers, it could be both of them, it could be students. Mm. And how can I make this easier for me and my child and also including all the way through working together as a couple in the best interest of the child. Yeah, and looking at it realistically Mm -hmm. and not in denial or anything and, like you say, not just blaming bloody FIFO life. Yeah. Yeah, or if you were here and, again, the blame game, the comparing game, it's all right for you, you get to fly fly out to camp you don't have to stay here that's and deal it. with this now yeah and yeah. so no matter if you've got a um a child that's challenged or or not those routines are so very important because it mm. provides sometimes it's the thing that can provide the safety that FIFO sometimes takes away from a family so that routine is very safe so the child knows exactly what's going on, exactly what's expected. Mum knows exactly what's going on and it, and dad knows exactly what's going on and everybody can rest in that routine. That's right. And like you say, it's a team mm-hmm. all the way through. That seems to be a big message overall yep. from you is the whole family be a team, even if it's... <laughs> I was going to say you and your dog. Yeah. But someone has to look after the dog yeah. when you go out to work. Exactly. I was actually at the hairdressers yes the other day and it came up about working away and they said they know people that go away, lock up their dogs for a week. Oh, oh my God, I, know, I was horrified. Um, give them a big pile of bickies and water and chain them up and shade and think that they're going to be all right. Yeah. But then they, they get out and the whole neighbourhood has to, look after them let alone the poor dog yeah so it's responsibility you need a strategy who's going to go and look after your dog it's a team effort (laughs) it is a team effort that's exactly right and it is like anything you're a family and even if you look at a sporting team which has just come into my mind you look at a sporting team there's all different positions we're not all meant to be the same but we need to understand what other people's position is and you need to take responsibility for your position. So if we're all certain mm. of our positions, we've all got our game strategy in play, we've all got our routines around disciplines that we need to be doing in training, there's no way it's not going to work but it's going to be tough and then there's going to be some really good wins there as well. So FIFO families could be much like a winning sporting team. Oh, Yes. We won't. Oh, I'm such a footy head. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> Don't even get me go down that track at the moment with grand finals on this weekend. <laughs> Both my teams are out, oh. so yeah, we won't talk football. <laughs> but that's that's a good segue into being able to deal with expected and unexpected yeah. circumstances that come up. Mm. As a family, we have to deal with those as well. It's all covered in the book. If you want to know more, get the exactly book. Exactly right. <laughs> I will share all of the links to the book at madmumsy.com forward slash beers2323. That will be this episode. So the fifth section of the book is about from the little things trouble can be brewing. So I, I spend time talking about the little things that can make a difference in relationships that people might not realise over a period of time will turn into something quite big. And the mm. reason this came up was we went to breakfast while I was writing the book and with another FIFO couple that we've been friends with for, for a long time and we were joking about the amount of washing that, that has to be done when they get home and the amount of toilet paper they use. And it was really <laughs> irritating and we were very passionate about getting our point across about how inconvenient it was that there was more washing and more toilet paper usage. <laughs> and and it, it made me realise that there's lots of little things that can build up if they're not discussed because depending on your roster, you could be away from each other. But well, at the moment, we're on a six and two, so six weeks away, two weeks home. And so during that time, there's a lot of routines and habits you get into that when they're home, it can really get in the way. So it's about looking at it and going, how can we address this so it doesn't become a problem? I never wanted to be one of those couples that said it's such a pain when you're home. Ouch. Yeah, and I know that happens and sometimes it mm. feels like that but I wanted to make sure the little things 
were either made funny or talked about before they became big things and I felt it an inconvenience that my husband was home and I wanted other people to be able to think about that too. Mm. And, um, yeah, and then writing the unexpected chapter, that was definitely from the heart because after all our years of doing um, FIFO, we had so many things I didn't expect happen <laughs> from car accidents to missed formals to having a whole year where it was never home for any special occasion and how mm. we handled that. And, and it was pretty tough sometimes. It was really tough sometimes trying to pretend that everything was okay and making yeah. sure he felt in the loop because he was feeling really bad about things as well. And However, it is really good when you can know these things are going to happen and how to deal with it and know you're not alone, that this isn't mm -hmm. just happening to you and because of FIFO. And when I... I had the car accident. It was it was quite funny, really. That oh, hilarious! <laughs> I bet <laughs> it was quite a big car, car accident. accident. Oh, no, and I thought my first thought was, of course, it's going to happen when he's away. Mm. And hmm. my daughter was in the car for me, and she sort of took care of things. And we ended up getting home, and I rang the insurance company and burst into tears when I spoke oh. to the lady on the phone. As soon as I heard her voice, I just burst into tears, and then. I tried to ring Paddy and he didn't answer his phone. And so he texts back saying, I'm in a meeting, I'll call you back later. And so I text mm. back and said, okay, I've just been in a car accident. Within yeah. two seconds. I'll call you back later. <laughs> he, he practically jumped across the desk and oh. rang me straight away. And oh, God love Yeah, you. and we were lucky enough at that time they were still allowed to use their phones during the day on site. Now not so lucky. You know, so it's knowing who your support group is if something does go wrong, the things that can go wrong and how to deal with them. When my mm -hmm. daughter did grade 12, he unfortunately wasn't able to be here for any of the, the formal, the graduation, any of the special occasions when she went to schoolies, all that sort of thing. So um, how we took care of it through Skype, pictures, taking the uh, iPad around with the vets everywhere with, and he was on it. <laughs> <laughs> like a robot. Here, say hi to my dad. And, um, and allowing her to feel his presence there as well as mm. um, him feel included. And that was really, really important. And it wasn't until the end of the year I let everybody know how tough it was for me. And that's just mm. the way I dealt with it. And just thought, I, I, can, I can do this. And then at the end, you're all going to hear how I held it all together. <laughs> when I write this book, you'll know what really happened. <laughs> so, it, and it's really getting, you know, from things from kids getting sick to, to lots of other things that happen. And as a worker who's away, mm. oh, it, it can get tough when stuff goes on and you, you don't know how to deal with it or how to contact or you haven't heard from anyone and it might be all fixed but no one bothered to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just shoot me a text that, yeah, someone did come and get the tow truck and pick you up or, you know, yeah. like if you couldn't yeah. have got away from that meeting or something. Yeah. So, again, communication, support network, yeah. especially for unexpected times and, like you say, having having a plan at least to have sat down and had a bit of a chat about things and mm. what can happen. And st still, again, you learn, like you say, by doing it. Yep. And it's going to keep changing and you can't plan too much mm. for what life is going to throw at you because, you know, that's living, isn't it? I know. My, my eight years of being a FIFO wife and, uh, gosh, my nearly 25 years of being a counsellor has certainly showed me that life isn't a fly by the seat of your pants exercise. It really isn't. You definitely have. It feels to, like <laughs> you, def you definitely have to be with the flow. Uh, you definitely have to trust your gut on a lot of things. However, you certainly need to be prepared and to plan and to have a support network. And sometimes it pays not to think that things are going to go wrong, but if they did, what's the best course of action? So to, to be prepared but yet li let life do its thing as well. Mm. So some of us just go through this and think that it's just going to work or it's not going to work. And I don't think that's, that doesn't, isn't going to bring you success. FIFO can be 
such a great thing in people's lives. It can it can bring about such success, job satisfaction, things for your family that you might not have been able to get, so many career opportunities and opportunities to do things you might not have otherwise done. And it's about working together getting your values straight, working out what you want this life to provide and allowing your children to be in on that if you have children that's going to bring about that success because it's not just about the job. It is about, and even if you're single, it's about what is the life going to bring for you and not just having an exit plan either. I hear a lot of people when they're talking about FIFO saying, make sure you have an exit plan and stick to it. Don't stay in it. But you know what? Sometimes you get to your two years because I hear two years a lot and I don't know who first came up with that, but I don't, I, I, I'm tending to disagree with that train of thought. But get in it for two years, then get out. And sometimes you might actually like doing what you're doing and you should be allowed to say that. Or sometimes you don't like it one year and the next year you do like it again. So just do and be what you want but set yourself up for success in this lifestyle and understand it's going to have struggles. It's going to have sacrifices. But most things in life, we have a, a, one of the sayings in our family is with, with great effort comes great reward. So if you want something mm. really big, work at it. Make the most of it. Feel lucky. Yeah. We have a job. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And as you say, it doesn't mean you have to do it forever, but yeah. you might love it and want to do it forever. Yeah. Yep. Or like Mad Mumsy, you might love it and want to talk about it forever. <laughs> yeah, like me, you might love it. I'm not actually going to do it anymore. <laughs> I don't I just want to talk about it now. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if I love it. I, I, I can't say that I love our work choice. However, it's for a purpose and, and um, it, it has a means and it brings us satisfaction in more ways than it takes from us. And that's the way we choose to look at it. And another big thing I got from your hour last episode was how you said, yes, he's away for a long time, but he's also home for a long time. So you, as a family, choose to look at that's such a big plus Mm -hmm. uh, over money, this, everything else, is the actual full amount of time that he's there and you're all together not like you say had a job in the city and come home seven o'clock at night and you you just buggered and mm. you're not there and you're yeah, not really there in bed and no and you might get Saturday afternoon and Sunday together but you're going to mow the lawn. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> but you could both mow the lawn. That might help. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. That's right. <laughs> that that'll come up. That comes up in episode I'm actually editing this afternoon or now. And it's that will be with CW, who's a, a lady who's a operator. I actually trained her to drive a truck, and now she drives more stuff than I do. And she's freaking awesome. She's, I love her. And she's had a kid, and she left mining, but she's gone back yeah. and lives in town now, mm. a mining town. But she she enjoys it, and again, it won't be forever. But her big thing about what I can't remember where it came up in the episode, but it it really stuck with me was about she she was single at the time and how much she enjoyed being able to have full lots of five full days with her nieces and nephews and go and take them to school and pick them up and dress up and hang out with their sister and you know do all those sort of things that she couldn't do as her previous job she worked yeah. You know, really long hours. I believe she was um, in the kitchen mm. side of things. Really long split shifts so she'd pop in and see them and then go and have to do the, you know, dinner service and stuff like that. And um, that was her her reason for continuing on. So if you want to listen to that, head to madmumsy.com forward slash beers 22. I just touched back on the unexpected things We're in Queensland and I know some of the big unexpected things we have to deal with are weather events and cyclones and, gee, what? okay, so what's the strategy there? You know, you have to have your your cyclone kit ready and where are you going to go if it's coming close? You know, you have to go. Well, I remember we had one and my mum and another lady who was a FIFO wife, they head out to our – they came out to our mining town because it was safer than where they were right on the beach. Sure. But then trees went down out at, 
out at our little town as well and they were freaking out going what did we come here for <laughs> they stayed in my little unit oh dear so they're the sort of things to plan for for the person who's left home mm. and then also to know that if you're at work what happens well usually you know once it gets to a certain level the mine company have strategies in yeah. place and when it gets to this point, they'll let us go home and yeah. things like that. Well, so we've gone through that as well. It's planned for yeah, that. Yeah, because we get storms in Brisbane. And my husband, yes. where he is over in WA, uh, they get cyclones and all sorts of weather events over there. And there was one, I think it was last year or the year before, where I couldn't speak to him for a whole week because of what happened and we didn't know if he was actually going to get home. And But, again, that's the prior preparation, the talking about it. How do you feel about that? Being able to express how you feel without somebody saying don't be silly, really, really important. Yeah, mm. and, and don't say, oh, it's just a house, you'll be all right, especially when the, you've got the mum there with the kids and it's more than a house, that's your home. Yeah, so being able to communicate really effectively with each other. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we might move on to the next section, mm-hmm. do you think? Yep. I, yep. I think this is... This is something that Mad Mumsy and myself, I, I dream about it all the time, <laughs> but I haven't actually thought of it as a as a topic really to cover mm. until I read your book mm. and that's I thought that was awesome and it's life after FIFO. Yeah, very important. And the reason, again, that I put that in there was two of our friends, our close friends, a FIFO couples, and their husbands had left FIFO and we sat back and were getting quite concerned because their relationships were failing uh-huh. as soon as they left and this happy ending wasn't looking like it was going to be a happy ending at all and luckily though both those couples are still together and as happy as ever. Oh yeah. some good news. <laughs> but yeah. to watch that to start with I thought that was very very important to put in the book as well was how how do we deal with this and what happens on either side. So all of a sudden you've got someone coming home and your whole routine of your whole home changes. The person mm. that's come home is also trying to fit back into that and into a normal type of life because the culture in an office or a tradies job going to work and coming home every day is very, very different to the culture that's on site and most FIFO sites. So they're dealing with that as well as fitting back in at home, the children fitting back in with the other parent being there all the time, the dynamics. So there is a time where both both people or all the people really in the family need to be able to talk about what's happening. And so when I wrote about it in the book, I said, think about in section one of the book, we were understanding and preparing and making a plan and having your why. Turn it around and take Mm. those same principles and make it life after FIFO. The same with your self-care life after FIFO, caring for others life after FIFO and take all those same principles, but make sure you apply them. Don't just think you're going to come home and your whole work style changes but your lifestyle is going to get even better because it's a big adjustment that just as you as you were speaking then I wrote it down so I remembered to bring it up my sister hard hat mentor who you can listen to in episode eight madmumsy.com forward slash beers eight shooting the breeze with my sister (laughs) (laughs) who rocks but she Last week, I think she had her first one, and she's having meetups. She is over in WA. Now, a lot of people have meetups for families, but she has seen the need for meetups of FIFO workers during the downturn who aren't working, Mm. who don't have a crew mentality Mm. to hang out with anymore because... They're not going to work. They haven't got a job. They can't find a job as yet. They're in between jobs, as we like to say. (laughs) And she had her first one and had quite a good turn up. And they, I haven't been speaking to her tonight to find out all about it. And they've scheduled the next one. And what I thought was classic, classic my sister, it's how we roll. We're, you know, out there a bit different. She said, family are not welcome. (laughs) And I was a bit taken aback at first. I'm like, 
oh, geez, blisters, that's a bit harsh. Mm. But she's a FIFO worker, been doing it forever, in between jobs herself, setting up her own uh, branding and everything, yeah. and is has picked up the, the ment- mental health mm. of people just say well you know that's a word that gets bandied around quite a lot you're the psychologist not me but um the well-being of someone who's a FIFO worker who's been retrenched put off can't get another job at the moment and like we're talking about now is home yeah totally out of routine you know they need to sit down with other people who are going through it or I don't know if they have to have be not working they might be able to come even if they are working I'm not you know I don't know what the rules are (laughs) but I know that it's a good idea to have something like that in place as well the support network yeah the support Mm. network as well as the other partner they have their own thing as well because they're going through it in a different way so that's what we were saying before about creating those teams around your family. You know, who is your support network in different situations? And also being able to clearly communicate to your partner, I need to take these time out with my mates who are also going through the same thing. It's not that you're not helping me. It's just that I need to sit down with them and hear their story for an hour a week and, and you know, that's see what, right. what's happening, get connected with them so that the other partner doesn't feel like, they're useless or their husband or wife is running away from them. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think for a minute that it's about, you know, going and getting on it or anything. I think it was it was in a park in Mandurah yeah. oh, 100%. and a picnic yeah. kind of set up and just let's just meet and yeah. see it see how this goes. Idea. And we all need support networks. It's It's how we mm. thrive. Mm, and survive through living the FIFO lifestyle. Exactly right. Did you think I got that from episode one? I think so. Very good. (laughs) So if they're working up towards retirement, for example, you know, that's all they've known for 40, 50 years, some people. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people who are like that and they're about to retire. I was actually talking to a fella the other night because I've gone home to a mine and uh, I said, oh, you you know, how much longer till you retire? And he said, oh, a couple of years and what are you going to do? And he's setting up the caravan and they've got a plan and, yeah. you know, I said, are you getting a few practice runs in? Because I have known a few people that wait and wait and wait to live the life and then they've left it too long, they're a bit old, something happens, they break their hip and they can't go anywhere, you know. Like yeah. I don't think that will happen to him. But you never know. you you still got to live life now, not just always be planning for for when you do get out of FIFO life. Sure. What else is in that section that you'd like to share with us? The interviews, yeah, the interviews with um, Aidan and, yeah, with with, um, Aidan and Jeff about what their experiences were and what happened for them. I think that's very valuable, like you said, with your sister, having the hearing from what the, the... person that's coming from the mine is going through really really important and the adjustments they're feeling and making as well and Mm. and how did they get through it and so it's really interesting and everybody goes through it differently but as a group we can all be helping each other Mm. yeah because it is an adjustment and and you know you might be wanting to come out or you might have had to like you said leave so that also is addressed a little bit differently as well because you might have wanted to stay there but there's been some changes at work or you've been asked, you know, contract's finished. So how have you prepared for that? How's the family prepared together? And have you both got your support network and your mates around you to help you through that? Mm. And also it's a good opportunity to have a bit of a reset, yep. you know. Do we want me mm. or you mm. <laughs> to uh, look for work in that line again yeah. and go back and you know yeah. how's it going and look at your financial preparations mm. and make sure that you have a you know depending on what your asset situation or your liability situation is like how can we handle this what can we do about this with the least amount of stress because let's face it money is one of the biggest stresses mm. for most people is it yeah Absolutely. Is that is is that what you the, find in your yeah recent- the conversations around money and the way we handle it and sometimes it could just be the importance and the value people put on money, you know um, money's there to buy you things, 
So what is it you're looking at buying and why are you looking at buying that? It's amazing how many people tend to downsize, not because they financially have to, but as they get older, they downsize because they realize the stuff isn't as meaningful as they thought it might be. So Mm. how are you downsizing or upsizing while you're in FIFO? I heard a great saying years ago now, and I try (laughs) to follow it, and it was people first, then money then things yeah so it, you know you're looking after not necessarily looking after but connecting yeah. and being with friends and family yeah. and everything to do with that and money as in you want to feel secure and buys your stuff yeah but that's the thing because you need see? to eat but but th- that's right but the money side of it was more doing the right things with your money yeah. not just blowing it on things yeah having it to set up security, to pay off your house, yeah. um, that was the money side. I think it was Susie Orman, mm. the money lady, mm. who I don't quite relate to anymore, but mm. I really do like that word, yeah. I, that statement. And then things, yeah. like that's the, the stuff. stuff. Yeah. Do I need another Buddha or another dream catcher or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah (laughs) or a new car or you know and just and just checking a lot of people forget to check their retirement plan they forget to check their super they forget that um they might there might be it might be nice to have a rental house but what is that taking or costing is that going to make you money that sort of thing and and looking at the values of you as a family and what your wants and needs are as a family and then everything else is cream on top of that. And just be careful to always leave the cream. Don't use it all. Don't use it all. Mm. Yes. Mm. And all of those things you mentioned come under the money section. Yep. Superannuation yep. and all and, and that. And it, it's a really important thing because you can go into the FIFO life and, you know, if you're on the big bucks, although they're kind of getting smaller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, compared to a lot of other jobs that perhaps um normal people could get mm. to earn that kind of income yeah as as without you know huge skills really realistically i used to work in a pet shop yeah and then i drove a dump truck and was on over a hundred thousand dollars a year yeah. Woo, you know yeah. but you've got to be careful of that mentality mm. oh i'm rich minor i think we might have discussed this a little bit last time yeah, i'm not did. sure but yeah. you end up paying for everyone and you know and then before you know it you're the one in debt you have to stay in the mind forever and yeah. you got those golden handcuffs on as they say so something so it's be just mindful sure. yeah when when life after fifo is just being mindful that you don't you limit the financial stress because the readjustment is already going to be there and you'll be dealing with mm. that just limit the financial stress plan ahead yeah great call I think that's a great way to finish our epic conversation. Which we always <laughs> Over have. Over two months, three months conversation. Um, but in closing, do you have anything that you're super excited about right now that you'd like to share with us? Sure. I'm still very and will be for a while super excited about my paper baby and if you're looking to purchase it you can go on to my website it's in some bookshops but you can go onto my website www.unitywords.com.au shop and you can get your copy either paper copy or a digital copy there you can also have a look at and I'm very excited about this I have I have two meditation and relaxation CDs on the market. I've been teaching meditation for 17 years and the benefits are just amazing. And mm. so I have two guided meditation CDs to help you relax. And I also have created this year mindful boxes. So there's a choice of whichever CD. There's a candle, there is incense, there's a pack of the resilience cards in there and I'm super excited to have those out. 42 Over $42 worth and it's free postage and it's only $23. So great gifts for clients, teachers, family members. Um, so yeah, pop over there, have a look at those because it is really important to be relaxed to stay mindful and in the moment, which will keep you emotionally and mentally strong to deal with anything that this life throws at you. Absolutely. And for any of my friends and family who are listening, <laughs> head over there 
birthday coming up and Christmas meditation CDs and little gift box with candles and cards. I've got the cards. Are they the cards yes, you sent me? Yeah, the cards. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm serious. You laugh, but I'm serious. And I'm happy know. with that. <laughs> well, finally, it's time to say goodbye now, Kirsty. Uh, we could chat all day and I have been known to. Thanks so much for being an awesome guest and my first return guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And remember, all the links we discussed in this episode are at madmumsy.com forward slash beers23. That's madmumsy with a Z or a Z, depending where you're from, and the number 23. I would love you to please leave a rating and review on iTunes so more people can hear about the Beers with a Minor podcast. Head to madmumsy.com forward slash iTunes to find the subscribe link and a video with me showing you how to do it if you're a little technically challenged. But if you're pretty savvy on that, just search for Beers with a Minor in your favourite podcast app and, of course, share with your mates. Thank you so much for listening. Until next week, stay safe. Be real, be special and have fun for we only live once. Cheers.